T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams, everything. Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. And that was Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, possibly on their final broadcast for NBC. Uh, As that was decided from Aaron Donald, the pressure that he put on Burrow. He spun him around. Burrow managed to get the throw off, so it didn't really count as a sack. And I thought P. Ryan, I really, I really did, kind of like uh, kind of like Al Michaels. I really thought he had a chance to catch that ball. But that was the story of the game to me, at least toward the end in that second half. Now, there are plenty of things to get to. Uh, the OBJ injury... Not really the impact that it had on the game. I don't want to talk about that, but I want to talk about turf on the field in general. The penalties, we can go back and forth on the penalties toward the end of that game because Cincinnati essentially gave the Rams that final score to put them up 23-20 to with all the penalties. And, and I'm not even talking about the first one where you know they intercepted it in the end zone and then they were... Uh, the the guy was called for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for running onto the field with the team when he wasn't even suited up in pads. I'm not talking about that one from Cincinnati, although that put them in terrible field position and the Bengals would go on to punt on the following drive. But the penalties toward the end were bad. And it wasn't just this penalty by Logan Wilson, which should or shouldn't have been called. Third and goal. Stafford fires, knocked away. Flag thrown, though. Logan Wilson was there, and a flag comes in. It's been basically a penalty-free game, only two on both teams. Watch the call here. Right of the pass. Holding. Defense, number 55. One of half the distance to the goal. Automatic first down. Now, we can go back and forth. Again, credit to NBC for the audio. We can go back and forth on whether that was that should have been a holding penalty or not, a defensive holding. I didn't really see it. And when you get a reaction like this from the broadcast, you know that it's most likely not a penalty. There it is, the zone defense and working inside. There. 
kill me. That's what they called. Yes, it is. Wow, in a game where there have not been that many ticky-tack fouls, yep. that was close. Now, that was bad. That was bad, but I'm not going to look at that as the reason for the Rams winning. Right? It was a bad call. It wasn't a hold. But really, that touchdown at the beginning of the second half for T. Higgins, when he clearly held on to Jalen Ramsey's face mask and brought him down, that's why he was able to get open downfield. They completely missed the call. I do believe in makeup calls in, in sports. Some people don't. Some people don't. When a, when a ref or an umpire gets a call wrong or they miss a call, so they try to make up for it later in the game when they find they have an opportunity. I think that's what happened there. I think that was a makeup call from that play where they missed out on Jalen Ramsey. I, I, I do believe that. And everyone's going to talk about the penalties today, and that's okay. But to me, the reason that the Rams won that game was simply because of their pass rush. When they were up, when the Bengals were up 20-16 in that game, you know, you're, you're, as you're doing during the Super Bowl, you're texting with friends, you're going back and forth. Which prop bets did you win? Yeah, dude, I totally won that prop bet where uh, with the most total sunglasses worn by the headliners at the halftime show. Total of two. Shout out to you, uh, Snoop Dogg, and I think Kendrick was the other one. So shout out to you guys for helping win that prop bet. Uh, but the reason that they won this game, and I was texting to my friends about this, was even though the Bengals were up 20-16, to 16, it felt like it was going to be tough for them to hang on, knowing that their one touchdown came on that, I'm not going to call it a fluke play, because it was a nice play by, the, by Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, but it was a missed call. Other than that, the Bengals, they'd been effective in the past game at times, but the Rams had shown that they were going to stop them, even though they, get a, they might get a couple of first, down, uh, first downs every now and then. So really, to me, yeah, exactly, from the 209 here. And if you want to weigh in at the Comcast business text line at 888-957-9570, I did that radio thing where I responded to the text without even reading what it was. Uh, but from the 209, almost ended like the Niner game. Yeah, where the Bengals' offensive line just got tired. And, and if, I'm, if, my, if my memory serves me here, the stat that I saw from, uh, from ESPN Stats and Info was that Joe Burrow had been sacked more times in this playoff and in this Super Bowl going back to, like, Roger Staubach. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how, how much he got pressured in this one. But it was too much. It was too much. And the Rams started to capitalize with Cooper Cup. Now, Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay was giving them... Just even more reasons to lose. I do want to. I do want to focus on Cooper Cup actually uh, later on in the show because this dude has had an unbelievable season. But the play calling from Sean McVay, just constantly going to the run. They couldn't run the ball all game. The Bengals had a few here and there. It's it made sense for the Bengals, but the Rams they were not effective in the run game at all. When you saw Matt Stafford line up under center and they were trying to run it with Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers, it wasn't working. The Bengals were all over it. Sam Hubbard? I actually thought Logan Wilson, prior to that holding penalty, I thought Logan Wilson was terrific. Number 55 for the Bengals. He was all over the field yesterday. Not only stopping the run, but in pass coverage too. It felt like he was in on every play. The dude was just searching for the ball. 
But Sean McVay kept on calling, run, run, run. And he kept on doing it. And it got him to a fourth down situation where they tried to run again on third down. And Cooper Cup bails him out with that jet sweep on fourth down to get the first. Even though it looked like it could have been stuffed by the Bengals. But Cooper Cup, man, he ended up winning Super Bowl MVP. Two touchdowns on the day, eight receptions, 92 yards. The big one at the end of the game. We played that already. But Cooper Cup is so damn impressive, and it really turned into, you know, the, the the Michael Jordan situation, where it's just give the ball to Michael and get the F out the way. Really what it was there at the end of the game for the Rams was let's give the ball to Cooper and get the F out the way. But I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to run the ball. I'm Sean McVay. I'm going to run the ball a couple more times just so I can make it interesting. I mean, the play calling, man. And then Zach Taylor, too. I don't know if you remember, and you probably don't, because I'm not going to act like you remember everything I said, but back when the Niners played the Bengals, I was so annoyed at how often Zach Taylor was using P. Ryan as a third down back. I'm like, you got Joe Mixon. Why are you, if you're in a third and two situation, why are you running the ball with P. Ryan? Well, it turns out that that's what he did a lot of the season. And Joe Mixon was just coming off an injury going into that game. So that was a lot of excuses on the text line there saying, well, Joe Mixon's injured, so he's probably wanted to mix it up, not want to put him in on third down. And I accepted that. But when you're in third and one in the Super Bowl and you're trying to drive downfield, you got to have your best guys out there. And Joe Mixon has to be the one running the football on third and one if you're going to have anybody run the football. And then on the following play on the fourth down, Aaron Donald would end up getting pressure. Just like everyone did, man. I mean, they, they, the, the, the Rams pass rush really, to me, is what won them this game. They were giving Burrow fits all game. Um, even that catch by Jamar Chase early on where they held the Bengals to a field goal. I mean, Chase got him all the way to the red zone with an unbelievable catch over Jalen Ramsey. This was in the first half. And the Rams were able to stop it for a field goal. I thought that was a big play in the game also. But the Rams, they ended up being the better team. And I do wonder what the impact is going to be on how rosters are looking to build. Because you can do it the conventional way. You could build through the draft, get signed guys through free agency, you know, put guys on rookie contracts, play out their rookie contracts, extend them, like do the, the the conventional way of doing it. But the Rams, they decided that they were going to trade a bunch of their draft picks in order to get the team that they have. And now they've turned into that team who just gets these guys who are on who who are on teams that just can't figure it out. Von Miller with the Broncos. The Broncos they didn't seem to be going anywhere fast. I mean, they kept on going with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback, and then they followed it up with Teddy Bridgewater. Just after they won that Super Bowl, it had to have been really frustrating for Von Miller, and also with a couple of injuries along the way, so they didn't know think it was really worth it to pay him anyway. But the Rams poached it. They got him from Denver, and he was effective in this game yesterday. All those guys rushing the quarterback, but it starts with Aaron Donald. 
It starts with Aaron Donald, and that's who I want to talk about coming up next because there was an interesting report from Rodney Harrison as he was doing the NBC pregame show. So I do want to get to that because they talked about Aaron Donald's future. And then we'll go around the rest of the NFC West because it's not just what's going on with the Rams and them winning the Super Bowl. But there's something going on with the Cardinals, too, uh, that I want to talk about coming up next. We will focus on the game more, but this is going to be more of a NFC West future type of segment because there was a lot of stuff that happened uh, over the weekend. So we will talk about that. The halftime show, which I'll just tell you initially, at 5.12 in the morning, we got, you know, we got 38 minutes left in the show. Or excuse me, 48 minutes. Good Lord, I'm tired. We got 48 minutes left in the show. We got to talk about that halftime because, man, it, that was emotional. That got that got me watching that. Not so much the 50 Cent trying to be like he was when he was like 26 years old, making In the Club, trying to recreate the music video. No, not like that. Oh boy, 50 Cent, but not, not that part, but everything else surrounding the halftime show. So look, we'll get into that. The, everything surrounding the Super Bowl today, and then we'll maybe talk a little bit of Warriors-Lakers as well. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you're having a great Monday. If you want to weigh in, the Comcast Business text line is 888-957-9570. That's also the phone number. If you want to call in, get your voice heard at 518. Or if you just want to text in and remain anonymous, that's fine, too. That's totally fine. But I do want to talk about Aaron Donald. Because Aaron Donald... You know what? Let's play the highlight. He got the pressure... 
on Joe Burrow. That was essentially the dagger for the game. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams, everything. Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. Now, I'm not going to act like I've taken in all of the coverage leading up to the Super Bowl. But it felt like during the game, more of the story, the storyline surrounding this game... It was really focused on Aaron Donald. I thought a lot of it was going to be on Matt Stafford and the fact that he was with the Lions for his entire career. Then he comes to the Rams and wins a Super Bowl in his first season, which is crazy in itself. But I thought that was the storyline that was going to be going into this one. But it felt like that was number two. You know, it felt like that was second on the totem pole. The number one was Aaron Donald. Because going back to St. Louis, he's been with the Rams. He's been with them through thick and thin. And I know Niner fans maybe don't like him because of that whole press conference with uh, about Debo Samuel where he was asked about Debo and what he thinks, and then he just responds, who? But, man, watching him get that win last night, that was really cool. And I do want to get to his future, though, because Rodney Harrison had a report. But before we do, let's read off some of these texts here, because some of you are, are rolling in on the text line at 888 From the 925, yes, those penalties 100% influence the outcome, but it's since these terrible defensive series leading up to, leading up to that is what really cost them, either bad scheme, failed execution, or the moment was too big for them. I'm with you. You got to you got to give him credit for even getting to the other side of the field there, and for the 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 Rams defense stopping the Bengals at every turn and giving them an opportunity. I mean, it went all the way from the Rams twenty-one, fifteen plays, seventy-nine yards, and they were doing it with no huddle offense. There was one one play where, good lord, one play where he lined up under center. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you even trying to run the ball at all in this situation? Just pass, 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 pass. And it was when they got all the way on the other side of the field. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, what are we doing here? That fourth and that third and one. The third and one leading up to the fourth and one. Luckily, Coop bailed him out. I actually think we'd be having a completely different discussion this morning if Cup doesn't make that play on the fourth and one. But I was so frustrated by the play calling. But it does take a lot to get down to that side of the field, and they did just that. And Stafford was throwing dimes to cup. That connection there between those two, um, it's one of the best in the league. From the 408, kept running the ball to put it in Shanahan's face that he could win the big one running the football. That's E from the 408 on the San Mateo Bridge. That's interesting. I wonder if coaches are that petty. <laughs> you know, Imagine McVay thinking in his head, you know what? I need to show Kyle Shanahan at home, who's the real king of running the football. I'm going to do that. It really made no sense. I think Kyle Shanahan would have at least been smart enough to go off the run when he knows it's not working. When you know you're not averaging even two yards a carry, you might as well bail out on the run. 
I think Shanahan would have been smart enough to do that. Or maybe not. Who knows? We'll never know, because it was the Rams in that situation. Uh, From the 707, watching that game just pissed me off. The Niners' defensive line would have destroyed the Bengals. Yeah, but in that same token... All right, when we're when we're talking about the the Niners and the hypothetical of what if they were in the Super Bowl, I mean, look at the way the team was closing out games in these playoffs. They were all limping off the field at Lambeau by the end of it. Debo, Trent, Kittle, everybody, and you already knew that Jimmy was hurt. And then in that last game against the Rams, you could tell that the Niners were. Gassed. And I understand that they had two weeks to prepare because you get the week off for the Pro Bowl and you got the Super Bowl the next week. But the Bengals' pass rush is very good, very effective too. And also, you had Jimmy Garoppolo there. <laughs> and if the run game's not working, you got to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and force him to make throws and try to make plays. I don't know if he would have done that. So I'm not really buying into the hypothetical. I get what you're saying. The Niners' defensive line would have destroyed that Bengals' O-line. But there would have been a couple of those big plays, and I, I just think it would have been a totally different-looking game. I think it would have. I, I think there would have been a lot more deep balls from the Bengals. I think they would have been trying to, to draw a lot more penalties. Um, but I just don't buy into that hypothetical at all, uh, that the Niners automatically would have won that one if they would have beat the Rams. But let's focus on Aaron Donald, because we played that highlight. He really sealed the game. Aaron Donald was huge in this one. Had a couple of sacks. Had that pressure. Was constantly stopping the run. Taking double teams. He has such an impact on the game. But we do know that throughout his time with the Rams, it had to have been a frustrating one. Being a player of that caliber... And having to wait for your team to get into championship contention, being an all-pro damn near every season since 2014, the only one that he missed out on an all-pro vote was his rookie year in 2014. Other than that, he's been an all-pro every single year, always in the top five within Defensive Player of the Year voting. He's won four of them. 2014 Defensive Rookie of the Year, 2017 Defensive Player of the Year, I mean, he's got all he's got all these accomplishments. Eight-time Pro Bowler again, like I said, seven-time All-Pro, Hall of Famer, All 2010s team. The only thing that he really needed was the Super Bowl. So something that's interesting was Rodney Harrison, of course, now analyst with NBC, was on with Chris Collinsworth's son, which is just. I mean, it's it, it's terrifying seeing that. It's like watching, it really is like watching a young Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast doing a pregame. Uh, but here's Rodney Harrison on the pregame. Gave us a little insight into Aaron Donald. So how do you think number 99 thinks about his legacy at this point in his career? Well, he, he's big on legacy, and he doesn't want to be known as a defender that accomplished so many individual things but never won a Super Bowl. But he also told me this. If he, if he wins a Super Bowl, there's a strong possibility that he could walk away from the game and, and retire. So there you go. If he wins a Super Bowl, there's a strong possibility he could walk away from the game and retire. Now let's play the post game. This is the full post game. I wanted to play the entire thing between Michelle Tafoya and Aaron Donald after the game, just after they won the championship. There was a lot of emotion for Donald after the game, but he was asked about his future at the end of the interview. What's the immediate feeling? 
feeling you're, you've got right now? I'm just so happy. I wanted this so bad. I dreamed this, man. I dreamed this, and it's like, it's surreal. Look at this. Look at this, man. This is, I feel amazing. I feel amazing, man. I feel great. What did you see on that last play that enabled you to do what you did and make that stop? Strange, strange. You know, one last play. To be world champs, give it everything you got. I found the way to get to them. We made a play and we won. That's all that matters. So you talked about the confetti, the feeling. I know you're going to get a chance to hug that Lombardi trophy that you wanted to hug for so long. How does this measure up to what you thought it might be like, Aaron? It's the best feeling in the world, man. I, God is great. God is great. I just I'm lost the word. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm just, this is a blessing. This is a blessing. You had talked about wanting to possibly call it a day and retire after this. What do you think? I'm in the moment. I'm in the moment. I'm just enjoying this right now with these guys. When my kids come on the field. This is the promise I made to my daughter when she was five. So we're going to play in the confetti for a minute, man. And I'm just going to live in the moment. So. Congratulations, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. So he says at the end he's going to live in the moment. And that was Michelle Tafoya, who's taken a step down from broadcast sports broadcasting. Michelle Tafoya, a legend who's so great uh, at her job, had that final interview with Aaron Donald. And that was, I mean, the emotion that was running through him is just, you can't help but get caught by that. But... At the end, he says that he's living in the moment right now, not really pondering his future, and rightfully so. You're living in the, you're, you're not thinking as soon as you win the Super Bowl. All right, well, I'm retired. That's it. Bye bye. Like, that's not how it works. But he's got two more years uh, left on his deal. Excuse me, three more years left on his deal. And they had a potential out by paying him this season or this next season. So there is a possibility. So if he stays on this year, still two years of his contract left after signing that six-year deal, and that's when the base salary really starts to kick in. He's going to be making uh, an extra $14 million along with the, uh, the bonuses uh, going into these next two years. But I don't see it happening. I don't. I, I think that... One thing that's just as good as one Super Bowl, it's like what Tom Brady says, right? It's like what's what's your what which one is your favorite ring? The next one. I, I I'm not sure. I I don't know Aaron Donald personally. I'm not going to act like I do. But he's done so much, and in his age 30 season, I think he still has something left. But I do think that report there's something to it, and it could be his body. His body just telling him, look, you don't need to do this anymore. You know, is it really worth it? I mean, he got the one thing that he needed, which was a Super Bowl. Next up would, I guess, be Super Bowl MVP. It was going to be between him and Cooper Cup in this one. But, man, if if he does retire, that could change a lot of things. Because right now, the Rams are at the top of the NFC West. And hell, there was even a report about Sean McVay uh, pondering his future after the uh, after this Super Bowl if he gets the win. I mean, I, I don't know these guys. It seems like Sean McVay's addicted to coaching, so I, I don't see him going away. But I, 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 I do think that Aaron Donald there there is something to it. I just don't see it happening just after this Super Bowl. It's that chase I think for these players now knowing what it's like to get there. 
Man, you'll want to get back again, I think, after you you take some time and really think about it and what he's been through this season. So shout out to Aaron Donald, man. I mean, that, that was it, it was cool. I know a lot of Niner fans don't like Aaron Donald because of his whole interview with Debo Samuel and the fact that Daniel Brunskill at times shut Aaron Donald down and they didn't really let him do anything in their matchups against each other, but he did in the NFC Championship. And then he did it in the Super Bowl. It's not like he was invisible. Felt like he had an impact on every play in that second half. And they were all focused on Aaron Donald. So it's just a cool moment. It's just a cool moment being with that team since 2014. And then when you get to age 30, after winning those Defensive Player of the Year uh, awards, after winning it three times, I mean, after all of it, being an All-Pro in every season except for his rookie year, and then getting that Super Bowl. I mean, dude, he's recorded 20 sacks in a season. 20 sacks as a defensive tackle back in 2018. Man. From the 510, congrats to the Rams. To the Rams, Money can buy you a championship. Let's hope the Niners spend money on our secondary this offseason. Our time is now. That's Oreo cookie. Well, actually, I, I do want to get to the game and, and focus on that. I don't really want to. I, I think we can focus a little more on just the, the future of the NFC West tomorrow. But the way that the Rams built their team, they did do it to win now. But they might be pretty well set up for the future, too. But the NFC, I think it's right there for the taking. I do. The Rams took it this year. But I think the NFC is still trying to find their identity. The AFC has their identity. They got the best young quarterbacks in the league right now. Joe Burrow, I expect Justin Herbert to be there if the Chargers can get their act together at the end of games. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, I feel like you're going to be seeing a rotation of those four quarterbacks, maybe with an outlier every other season. But I think that you're going to see the AFC... They know who they are, and we know who the good teams are. The, 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 the Niners, I think, are in a spot right now where the NFC, there's a lot of unknown. And the Niners have a pretty good foundation right now. And if they extend Debo Samuel and his contract, even better. If they get Nick Bosa and they get him under contract, even better. I'm feeling pretty good about their chances. I don't, I don't even think the window's just open now. I think the, I think the window's open at least until the end of uh, Lance's rookie contract. So I think he got a few years here. And I think that it, that it showed. I mean, anybody could have been in that NFC championship. It could have been the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. It could have been the Rams. It could have been the Niners. But now Tom Brady's retired. Who knows what the Rams would look like if Aaron Donald retires? Kyler Murray deleted all his social media, the Cardinals were all joking about it, but then you got the report that he's not much of a leader, that he walked off the field and didn't even want to go on the field on that last play when they lost in their division round. Man. From the 831, Langford would fit in perfectly with the all the front-running bandwagon LA fans who don't know any Rams players until last night. <laughs> would I? Would I? I think I... Man, I... You know what? Let's. I got to get to break here, but I do want to talk about the Super Bowl overall, the presentation of it, the introductions, the halftime show. I think LA did a pretty good job. We'll get to that next. Stephen Lankford on the pregame show, ninety-five-seven. The game.
back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Let's just take away the game for a second. I do want to get to the intricacies of the game and everything for the last 10 minutes of the show. I do want to focus on that, maybe the last 15, depending on how this conversation goes. But what did you think of everything outside of that? What did you think of the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium? Now, I got The Rock here, and I'm going to play the introductions that The Rock had. I'm not going to play the entire thing. I'm going to play the snippets. But what did you think of the introductions? What did you think of the halftime show? What did you think of the commercials? I'd love for you to weigh in at the Comcast Business Text Line at 888-957-9570. Before we get to The Rock's introductions, I was I was annoyed at the whole Hollywood narrative surrounding everything. She's like, well, this is Hollywood. <laughs> this is this is Hollywood. Drama happens here. We expect something dramatic to happen at the end of the game. You know why? Because we're in Hollywood. And they kept shoving that in our face. They had that video montage with Halle Berry at the beginning. And I'm not I'm not I'm not scoffing at seeing Halle Berry to open up a game, but it was just like Hollywood's the perception of Hollywood is kind of tainted, isn't it? It's like, who cares? Hollywood is just not a good place to be right now. Not with everything going on around it. So is that really what you want this to hang your hat? What you want to hang your hat on is the fact that it's in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. It just, we know a little bit more now about Hollywood. We've learned a lot more these past few years. I mean, the Oscars now, nobody even wants to watch the Oscars. A lot of people just think it's a joke. And just knowing what's involved with Hollywood, I, I, I just wasn't a fan of that. I just wasn't a fan of that. So they had that introduction. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then they had The Rock. Finally! The Super Bowl has come back to Los Angeles! It is time. Time for a team to unleash a soul-crushing, unrelenting defense, a head-spinning onslaught of an offense, and take care of unfinished business right here, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the champions of the NFC, your Los Angeles Rams! So you had that. Then he had his introduction of the Bengals. The funniest part at the end of the Rams was Sean McVay nodding his head like he's like he's one of the players in the locker room when you when you know the the captain is giving the motivational speech, kind of like you know Drew Brees, uh, Fred Warner for the 49ers, those type of guys. <laughs> like it looked like Sean McVay was was like a player in the huddle just watching that captain speak. Like yeah, let's go. Let's go. I mean, that'd get me jacked, too. And then you had his introduction uh, for the Bengals. It is time. Time for a team that has risen from the ashes to become one of the most feared, dominant, absolutely electrifying teams in the NFL. Time to give their city their first Super 
Super Bowl win in franchise history. Ladies and gentlemen, the champions of the AFC, your Cincinnati Bengals! Hey, when the Bengals were getting ready for kickoff and they're all in the middle of the field, I mean, what gets you more jacked than a rock introductory speech while he's wearing all maroon? Nothing could get you jacked up like that. If I if I were on that kickoff team, which I wouldn't be because it's an NFL team in a Super Bowl, uh, but if I were on that kickoff team, dude, that would have been everything. That would have been everything. And then he closes it out. Closes it out with this. It is time. It is time for all of us here and millions around the world to bear witness to these incredible players who will leave every ounce of sweat, guts, and pride and legacy on this hallowed field because that is what champions do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to say, finally, it is time for the Super Bowl! There's going to be no one that does it like The Rock. Nobody that does it like The Rock. (laughs) He's just so perfect with everything. He can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. But I thought that was cool, the introduction and everything. But the halftime show. The halftime show. Man, it was so sweet. Watching everything with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, the way that they were introduced... Then he follows it up with 50 Cent, pretending to be in his music video, where he's doing whatever the, I mean, what do you even call those? I mean, what are those, sit-ups, I guess? But he's but he's on a bar, and he's hanging upside down, and he's doing crunches that way. <laughs> he's still doing it, but he didn't do crunches this time. Nope. 50 Cent, not going to do crunches. But... He was okay. The, the 50 Cent thing, I was more... I, I kind of laughed at more than anything. But then you had Mary J. Blige, who killed it. She absolutely killed it. On top of that stage, it just felt right that she was there. And then you had Kendrick on the ground with the doing the dance routine, singing All Right, which was great. I mean, Kendrick, Kendrick needs to come out with another album. <laughs> needs to come out with another album stat. I think it's been since 2016 since he came out with Damn. We need another Kendrick album. And then Eminem was on the stage playing Lose Yourself with Anderson Pack on the drums. It was a fully it was a, just a full LA event. You had the Detroit ties with Matt Stafford and Eminem, which is looking a little too deep into it. I think that was more just because of how him and Dr. Dre, Snoop and 50 Cent were all connected. Back in hip-hop going from the 90s to the 2000s. But they made it mainstream. And these dudes were representing so mu- so many different walks of life. It was, it was important to have that halftime show. And it was great, man. Eminem wearing his custom Jordan 3s. If you haven't taken a look at that, go look at the close-up photo. You'll be able to find one. Those were sick. Everything about that halftime show was great. The 50 Cent thing was whatever, but man, Dr. Dre still doing it. Eminem still doing it. And when he had that little that little moment where they're about to perform still, and they get Dr. Dre on the piano, and he's starting to play the tunes to it. Whew, when he's starting to play the piano, man. Oh, it was so good. 
It was so good. I gotta, I, I gotta look. I gotta watch that again. Like that's a halftime show you need to watch again. And I'm not gonna go back on forth on um which was the best halftime show because I think that I think that everyone has their preference. I, I think that music is just such a subjective thing that everyone's gonna have a differing opinion on it. So whenever we have the greatest halftime show of all time conversation, I'm not really into that. I'm not really into that, but that was great. That was great. I, and, and, and we can't, I, you can't dispute me on that. Like, that was a great halftime show. And if you didn't like it, well, so what? I apologize that you uh, don't seem to understand what that halftime show meant. But, I, I'd be, hey, man, I'd be up for a Kendrick halftime show the entire, the entire time. I'd be up for just Kendrick solo. Like, that dude is talented. Just put Kendrick and Anderson Pack and Silk Sonic. Get Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and then have Kendrick Lamar perform and just do those for the rest of the halftime shows. Just do that. From the 925, 50 Cent was great too. From the 415, my only issue is 50 Cent instead of Ice Cube. That's certified G. From the 408, Luckily, the Warriors still own both. Still own the both the LATs. The Lakers and the Clippers will prevent them from winning titles. From the eight three one, fifty cent ate too many, too much of the Captain Crunch. From the five one zero, Stephen from Hercules, fifty was looking like he was doing Captain Crunch for the nine two five. Go Rams! Can't wait to hear the salty Niner fans crying all day about how it should be them. Everybody does that. From the 707, Kendrick's performance was weak sauce. I understand why he was there with him being there and coming new Death Row guy or whatever, but he had a lame performance. Eminem should have done another song instead. I disagree. I disagree. I, I was skeptical going into it. I was. I was. Because you know, how are you supposed to... I mean, all of these artists that, that, were, that were going up there, legendary. And their catalogs, very extensive. A lot of songs that they could play. And it's like, how are you going to fit all of it into 20 minutes and somehow they managed to the set everything everything about it i i I thought it was great i was a big fan of the halftime show now the commercials i'm out on the commercials now i'm a big commercial guy i don't know if you i don't know if you've realized that but i'm a big when, when commercials happen and i realize oh that's something like i laugh you know, I'm a I'm I'm easy to I'm an easy person to humor, and these commercials normally get me. But these past two years, I'm just kind of out on it. Now, Stephen from Hercules weighed in on the Comcast business text line at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, and said that the uh, the NFL animation one was cool. I thought so too. I thought so too. But these ones used to like make you laugh, you know. And then there's also social media. Social media, they put the commercials out there before the Super Bowl even happens. Ruins it for everybody. Some of those movie trailers, though, look sick. Some of those movie <laughs> from the 510, 75 cent was a surprise performance. Yeah, what, what was my favorite tweet? I wish I could credit this person. They said, uh, damn, 50 cent turned into a dollar. <laughs> oh, man. But the commercials, though, and the movie trailers that came out were the coolest part to me. The commercials just don't really, they don't make you laugh anymore. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. They're paying all this money to sponsor their company, whatever. But it just doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't happen. But that movie trailer for that new Jordan Peele movie called Nope, 
Oh my god. <laughs> that one looks intense. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for another Jordan Peele movie. Need it. Loved Get Out. Loved Us. I thought Us was a very underrated movie. But nope. All about that. Nope. From the 510. Anyone else feel like the game should have been there? He's an aftermath artist. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. From the 510. Or even a slight Nipsey tribute. Yeah, I get that too. But they were playing. They were playing Nipsey Hustle at SoFi Stadium. But I, I get where you're coming from with this. Um, from the four one five. I apologize if you don't understand what that halftime show was all about. You libs are so arrogant. Good lord. <laughs> oh man, you use the term libs. Oh boy, I'm not even going to entertain that one. Yeah, the eight three one. We needed the game as well. From the seven oh seven. Eminem is a fake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See? A lot of differing opinions when it comes to the halftime show. So much that you get called a lib. All right, let's get back to the actual game. This was what sealed the game. This is what sealed the deal for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like Piran might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams, everything. Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. And credit to NBC for that audio as 23 to 20 was the final score. And that was it for me. Was the, was the Rams pass rush. It was the Rams' pass rush that won them that game. Burrow was sacked seven times. And he still managed to have a 101 passer rating. Joe Burrow, I thought, still played well. I mean, he's... he's That's what makes him so damn impressive is the way that he's been able to play behind an offensive line that has just been getting him crushed the entire postseason. I thought it was going to be a much more higher-scoring game. I thought that... You know, even if Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey were gonna go were gonna be going against each other, I thought that I thought that the passing game for the for the for the Bengals was gonna be a little more all right, two step drop, get it out. But it couldn't turn into that at the end of the game. It couldn't it, it, it was like that for a, a few drives. There was a drive where the Bengals started to get going. They had a couple of deep shots here and there, but any time you gave uh the Bang uh, the Rams defensive line Anytime you gave them a pass rush, a situational pass rush where it's like third and long and you know that it's going to be a pass and you're not getting it out right away because the secondary is doing its job, I mean, it, it was just too much. It was just too much. We can talk about this penalty at the end of the game all we want. Third and goal. Stafford fires. Knocked away. Flag thrown, though. Logan Wilson was there and a flag comes in. It's been basically a penalty-free game. Only two on both teams. Watch the call here. Right of the pass. Holding. Defense, number 55. Half the distance to the goal. Automatic first down. Now, it was third and eight at the time. It was third, I mean, it was third and goal, but I'm calling it third and eight just to give you the accurate, uh, the accurate timeline of these events. But it was third and goal. They had eight yards to go until they reached the end zone. It was a crossing pattern to Cooper Cup. 
if it would have been it would have been an incomplete pass had the penalty not been called would have been a fourth down and who knows who knows and it was a bad call it was a bad call i mean you could tell by al michaels and chris collinsworth reaction after the play that it was a bad call there it is the zone defense and working inside there Tell me. That's what they called. Yes, it is. Wow, in a game where there have not been that many ticky tack fouls, yep. that was close. <laughs> when the commentator says, Well, that's the call, that's what they called, that's him saying, Yeah, that's a bad call. That's really what, that, when you're trying to read between the lines of the broadcast, that's what Collinsworth is saying. And I get that you want to pinpoint that one specific play because following that, You'd have another penalty. It was a touchdown to Cooper Cup in the end zone, and he was crushed by Vaughn Bell. But there was a holding call on the right tackle, and it was an unnecessary roughness on on Vaughn Bell, so the penalties were offsetting. So they had first and goal, and they were going half the distance to the goal line. So they had that. So now they're at first and goal, and they're on their way to the four. Then it's another penalty on Eli Apple, defensive pass interference on Cooper Cup. So you had multiple penalties following that. Then, of course, the Rams are at the one. They try and sneak it up with Matt Stafford. It didn't work. Following play, they throw the fade here to Cooper Cup. Second and goal. Pass. Cup! Got it! Touchdown! Cooper's wife, Anna, the family. This guy has had some year. Now, to me, of course, that had an impact on the game. But look at everything else in that second half after the opening drive by the Bengals. When Jalen Ramsey, clearly, it was an offensive pass interference on him. Do you believe in makeup calls in sports? If not, then that's fine. But I do. And that was a makeup call to me, if I've seen one. But we got to give credit to the Rams' defense for on the following drive, having the Bengals turn over on, or excuse me, get a field goal. Then following that, punt, 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 constantly getting to the quarterback, wearing out that offensive line. And then, I mean, the Rams had to go from their 21 all the way to the red zone where all the penalties started happening and getting downfield, you need to give them credit there. So there's a lot more that goes into it, but it just turned into, hey, let's get the ball to Cooper Cup. Let's get the ball to Cooper Cup. Although on third and one, I'm going to call a run play. Even though the run hasn't been working all the game, I'm going to call a third and one, and then I'm going to get it to fourth down and one, and I'm going to call a jet sweep, give it to Cooper Cup, and Cup is going to save me and really save the game with that play. But you got to give the Rams credit for a, a lot of other things they did in this one. Hell, early on in the game, when the Rams were up 7 nothing, and Joe Burrow made that unbelievable pass to Jamar Chase, that unbelievable pass and unbelievable catch. I don't know how Jamar Chase does it, but you got to give the Rams credit for holding them to a field goal when they were, uh, when they were deep in Rams territory. They had 11 yards to go, and they couldn't get it done. So there, you know, you could you could look at the penalties, and I understand that it was a, it was a big part of it, but they missed some calls on the on the Rams too. That big one to T Higgins at the beginning of the second half. So it really goes both ways. 
But I'm just I'm I'm happy. I got, I'm not going to lie. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. I think he's gotten a bad rap since he's been with the Detroit Lions organizations, uh, the organization that made two players retire before they're really into the prime of their career, or then when they still had some left in the tank. Because the Lions organization was that inept at building a team around them. So Matt Stafford goes to this other team and wins the Super Bowl. Happy for him. Cooper Cup has been fantastic all year. It's been a storybook season for the guy. In an 18-game year, he breaks the records. He gets the triple crown. He had an impact in every single playoff game. And, you know, that Buccaneers one, it got a little, got a little uh, nerve-wracking when he did fumble that football. But he was great in the NFC Championship. He was great in the Super Bowl. And then he ended up winning Super Bowl MVP with two touchdowns. Eight receptions for his 92 yards. Just an outstanding day for Cooper Cup. So there are some guys on the Rams to root for. But if you're a Niner fan, I understand. I understand your whole mindset with being in the NFC Championship and being one game away and seeing that team take it away from the Cincinnati Bengals there. I understand, I understand where you're coming from there. But in reality, you, you do have to give credit where credit is due. And they are now the 2021-2022 NFL Super Bowl champions. Pretty crazy. All right. Coming up next, the morning roast with Bonte Hill and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. I'm sure they're going to have a packed show up until 9 o'clock. It's going to be a lot of fun. You got me and producer John Curley behind the glass. Can't wait. And as always, go sports. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.